What sort of person would be interested in buying exactly 1.91 US dollars? The answer to that question at the end of the show. My name's Tom Scott and this is Lateral. Our three guests today have willingly given up their time to play some clever lateral thinking puzzles, and not at all uh, because they owe me favours. Uh, first of all, <laughs> from the Queer Movie Podcast and her own YouTube channel, Rowan Ellis. Hello, very excited to be here. From Practical Engineering and his new book, Engineering in Plain Sight, Grady Hillhouse. Hi. And from the YouTube channel, Braincraft, Vanessa Hill. Hey, Tom. Thank you so much for being here, folks. How are you all feeling about puzzles, questions? How, how, is this your sort of thing or are you, uh, are you feeling like you're adrift here? Absolutely not. Very excited <laughs> to be humiliated by getting none of these. I mean, Correct. if none of us get them right, who will give the answer? What will the show be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm last place in my Wordle group chat. so. <laughs> I mean, you have a Wordle group chat. <laughs> That's a Our three guests are heading on a journey packed with more twists, U-turns and hair-raising moments than a 17-year-old who's just passed their driving test. So let's hope today's questions are not going to be too much of a speed bump in the road. First one comes from me, and here it is. For a number of years, customers of Kodak were unhappy with seeing a cloudy effect and black spots on their X-ray photographic film. What was the cause of the problem, which proved to be outside of Kodak's control? I'll give you that one more time. For a number of years, customers of Kodak were unhappy with seeing a cloudy effect and black spots on their X-ray photographic film. What was the cause of the problem, which proved to be outside of Kodak's control? It was the very first Instagram filter, way before its time. How can we just mask all of our wrinkles and smooth that over? A cloudy effect. Yeah, just just filter the whole thing out. It's fine. What they actually do is, is just provide different films. For, I was going to say they provide different films for different effects, but that's literally how film works. That is, <laughs> I've, just, I've just described but film people stuff. listening may not know. Yeah. yeah. I love the I love that the answer was just people were bad at taking photos. It's like it's outside of our control. You are just doing it wrong. Like we've given you the equipment. You just keep putting your fingers on the lens and smearing it up or, you know, oh there's a bit of dirt on the lens. Yeah, there's going to be spots on there, guys. You need to like step up your game. I remember as a kid once trying to take a photo with a caption because you know, old film cameras. Are, oh, you know what? What I'll do is I'll print out a little bit of little thing here and I'll put it right next and I'll line it all up. Yeah, I just I hadn't learned about focusing. What I what I got was a, a great photo with just a blur in the bottom where I'd stuck some paper in front of the lens. You were part of this problem, is what I'm hearing, Tom. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a personal story. You're still looking for the answer. <laughs> but it's X-ray film, right? Yes. Grady, you picked up on one thing in there. This is X-ray photographic film. So this would be pictures being taken by dentists and medical yeah. technicians uh, of of bones and things, rather than rather than nice. I would like to, I would like to try and take an X-ray photo of the landscape, but I think that might <laughs> that might be illegal for several reasons. I, I mean, the training thing might be might be on the right track. I'm trying to think of things that that would interact with X-ray film outside of. I don't yeah, I was, know about, enough about electromagnetism to, <laughs> to be very helpful here. I was going to say that if it was an x-ray film specifically, I know that there's a whole thing about you're not meant to take film through scanners, like at um, mm. airports and stuff like that. They warn you about like, oh, you can ask it to be hand searched in case um, there's uh, the kind of any disruption to the film. But I guess if it's specifically x-ray film, there would be something that they 
and we've said that this is outside of Kodak's control. So it wasn't a problem with them not having the technology correct for the particular machinery that was being used, yeah. I'm assuming. Is it something to do with um, maybe how they ship it? Like maybe the post office had a scanner that scanned for certain things that messed Ooh. up the film or something like that? You're, so you're right that it wasn't user error either. It was okay. something going on. It was something going on outside of Kodak's control in the world. So Kodak had made the film to spec. People yep. were using it correctly, but there's something happening in between that process. Absolutely. Humidity. <laughs> <laughs> this is also, uh, the other thing in the question is that this happened for a number of years. This huh. started at okay. a point and then they worked out a way around it. Is it when you say it started at a point and they worked out a way around it? Is it that that particular point, like something was happening at that time? Like it would only have happened if it was happening at that time, not like mm, mm. interesting. I'm like, what what was happening? When I mean, can you tell us about when that was? Is that one of the clues you're oh, allowed to tell us, like the sort of era, or is that I, cheating? I, I do have that on my clue list, but it, it is the last one in the list because it will basically give away everything. I think Grady was on the right track if we're thinking about shipping and something to do with shipping, like m maybe not the scanning, but is there something happening in the world, how things are being transported at a certain time? I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm thinking about stuff that would affect the environment for a set period of time or in a particular way, which to me is like either warfare of some kind or nuclear oh, yes. issues. Yes, Like the film was it. being produced near Chernobyl. So you are inching around the correct answer. Rowan, wow. that is absolutely right. That's the, that's the key insight. It was being exposed oh, okay. to radiation, uh, literally being exposed to. So there was... So it was during the nuclear warhead testing program? Yes. Was that They it? got all sorts of complaints about it. Kodak found that a new isotope, cerium-141, had contaminated the strawboard packaging. So hmm. the test oh. went off, contaminated the stuff they were packaging the film in, and that uh, caused it to be just steadily exposed as it sat in transit. So here we're concerned about the film and not the people who are actually <laughs> unpackaging this and handling it. There is one other detail here which made it really, really difficult for Kodak to work out what was happening. What would that have been? You're cheating here, Tom, with a second <laughs> question that we have to figure out. Bonus question. <laughs> uh, just, this is, it's the military in the 1940s and 50s. Mm, it was all it would was they all have secret. like yeah not have allowed not mm. not like confirmed anything yep necessarily absolutely right they knew there was contamination coming from somewhere but they couldn't exactly call up the government and go are you doing top secret nuclear tests <laughs> because this you guys this you where was this happening uh this was the trinity bomb test new mexico 1945 so like it was it was known that it was happening because you can't easily you know disguise a large nuclear explosion but uh trying to get the details of what was going on was significantly more difficult before you know before everyone had a cell phone to point at the big cloud it surprises <laughs> me that there was any kind of film production and shipping happening in new mexico at that time so I think it might be, although I'm going off the details on my sheet, I think it might be that the packaging was being manufactured from plants oh. nearby. So they picked up the radiation, that got shipped to Kodak. Kodak just used it as strawboard packaging for the big pallets, and that contaminated the film. Wow. Dang. I yeah. do wonder if there was any uh, 
ramifications like on a personal level because if you're doing medical x-rays having a smudge or having a dot on the x-ray is kind of the issue that they're looking for so i just worry about those people where the doctors were like okay there might be something wrong and they're like okay the same thing is wrong with everyone we maybe you know what scrap what we said before maybe we'll like just put a pause on that diagnosis for now we're just uh, gonna go and check with kodak for a bit so yes uh customers of kodak were unhappy with the cloud effect uh because the problem outside of kodak's control was the u.s government detonating nuclear tests so now the tables turn and one of our guests is going to be asking a question. Uh, as ever, I don't know the question. I definitely don't know the answer. Uh, I am as much in the dark as the other players. We're going to start with Rowan. What's your question, please? Okay, so the question I have for you is a US company devised its new logo when it had three stores. They plan to update the logo regularly, but soon dropped that idea when they expanded too quickly. Which company was it and what was the gimmick? A US company devised its new logo when it had three stores. They planned to update the logo regularly, but soon dropped that idea when they expanded too quickly. Which company was it and what was the gimmick? Wow. (laughs) So we've got one Brit and one Australian and one American. So I'm looking at Grady straight away. Oh my gosh. Was this a, did we find out what type of store this was? Nope. Okay, so I'm trying to imagine logos that have three of something in them. So we're looking for something with a, a three, a three-pointed logo, three stars on the logo. Like the US flag gets updated every time there's a new state, right? Uh, as if that's a common yeah. thing that happens every month, but you know, yeah. right. <laughs> every few years when yeah. there's a new yeah. state, <laughs> when Puerto, Puerto Rico finally gets statehood. Yeah. yeah. What company expanded too quickly? So it's got to be one of the big franchises or something like that. So I'm mm-hmm. immediately thinking fast food. I'm thinking. I'm thinking at like McDonald's with the three arches or something like that. But it's also an mm. M. So wait, there's also only two arches. I, I wasn't going to call you on that. <laughs> <laughs> For a moment, I, in my head, I'm like, I got there got, myself. We've got a couple. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will say you're in the right ballpark in terms of like the change each time was minor. It was going to be a small change that they were making, like adding something or doing something slightly different each time. Grady is thinking so hard. Like you look at Grady's face and he's staring off into space with a very concerned look. I'm looking through every every chain store in my head. Like yeah. does Target have like three bullseyes, like three rings in the bullseye or something like that? I was trying to think of something that maybe wasn't like the number of things in the in the logo, but maybe like the sides of a polygon or something m- something adjacent to just adding a new element each time. Because that doesn't seem like a very practical plan to start out with. Yeah, you're right. They if you if you think they were trying to go to twenty, maybe maybe someone had a, you know ideas to go to twenty or twenty five or something like that. You need to have. A, it's like they're adding dots like on the US flag or something like that but yeah someone was just so excited to have three stores <laughs> that they just kept updating the logo or they just keep time. making it bigger it's the exact same logo they're just yeah. tiling it next to each other <laughs> we've got a thousand stores now the logo runs down the street for half a mile I just want to say to anyone who is listening to this afterwards 
once you once I reveal, please go back and listen to what these people are saying because there are <laughs> it's almost like they know because there's just certain words you're using ah, which are so close. Oh to what's wow. happening. <laughs> this is very amusing for me. <laughs> I'm just running through uh, all the US brands and chain stores I know, yeah. and I can't think of anything that has three of something in a logo. I keep going for like threefold symmetry stuff, and that just comes out with you know Mercedes. Um, yeah. You will definitely know this logo. Although it is a US store, uh, it's not like a US only store. Oh, what a nice clue. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this a food store, Rowan? Is this You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you, Tom, this time. It is a food store. Wow. Okay. There's an amazing clue uh prompt which I've been given, which I'm gonna say right now because I love it, because it's it could make it so much more confusing for you or could immediately get you to understand what it is, which is that specifically, um, it wasn't just the idea of, oh, okay, it's, we're going too fast. It would be too difficult to keep having to update it. Um, the logo specifically would have become problematic once the company opened their 13th store. Wow. Oh. So is it a I clock? If it was, oh, if it was so going one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, so when they get round to twelve, it doesn't. So work you think anymore. that the the logo it's at three o'clock and they just stop. it's at three o'clock because there. they've got three stores, uh, and they I just can't think of a clock logo. I can't think of a clock logo. <laughs> it's either that or something with a dozen in it, perhaps. Oh. Like Baker's dozen. I've just made that up, but I'm sure it exists. <laughs> dozen eggs in a carton, something like that. Yeah, I, eggs in a carton is good. I was going down a completely different path of people. What was your path? Of people being superstitious about the number 13. So like a building with 13 floors is sometimes, you know, people are superstitious about it. Or There is no 13th floor <laughs> in my building. Okay. Or a calendar where Friday was going to land on the 13th or something like no, that. The, the entire logo is just the fresco of the Last Supper. And as soon as they get to 13th, they've got to add Jesus. And that's just sacrilegious. That's just yeah. Yeah. too controversial in America. <laughs> <laughs> I like the clock. That's, that's my favorite guess so far. I just yeah. can't think of any logos with the clock in it. You're so, you're very close in that it's not a clock, but it is that same idea of something where you would only be able to add up to twelve within this. Um, and you earlier on you said, which was great, uh, maybe they're adding more circles like on the U.S. flag. Um, where I was like, yes, the U.S. flag notorious for its circles. Uh, you know what the I meant. Stripes, <laughs> no, exactly what I meant. <laughs> you've kind of hit onto it in that the thing that was changing was the addition of a circle for each wow. of the um the stores okay so we have something that potentially has three circles can't go over 12 circles oh i am just <laughs> our, our producer is is sitting back <laughs> laughing it's it, oh, oh my god we're, we're gonna kick ourselves i can't believe and this can we I confirm know. that this exists outside of america <laughs> yes the US. okay yeah i'm feeling a lot of pressure here i literally saw one like two days ago <gasps> oh. wow okay so tom i need you to start brainstorming food I'm, chains I'm trying. in the uk that, that have come over from america <laughs> it can't it can't it can't be five guys. They don't have a logo other than the word. And it's not like it's three guys. It can't be. It can't be Taco Bell. They just have a bell. Um, yeah. <laughs> KFC just has a giant head. A man. Um. 
fast oh. food chain or like oh i got it I oh got it. <gasps> domino's pizza damn it uh, you are absolutely uh, correct, Grady. Man, oh, I was thinking on. through, just cycling yep. through logos. Yep. <laughs> Love that. Yep. The dots in the Domino's pizza logo would have indicated how many stores they had. Currently, it's got the two mm. on one side and the one on the other. And obviously, once you get to six on each side, that's as wow. many dots as you can have on a Domino. Yep. So it would have become very problematic for them. So I'm clever. so proud of you, Brady, because it was so embarrassing for the three. When I was saying earlier about you kept saying things, you were using the word circle, use the word tile at one point, And I was like, <laughs> oh, you're so close. You have no idea how close. Um, so yeah, the three, the three dots on the current logo, because uh, mm. it seems... Uh, they reverted back actually to the three dots. I think for a while there was at least one with four or potentially more, but they reverted wow. back um, when the logo was devised in 1960. They planned on adding an extra dot to the logo each time they opened a new store. Um, uh, but uh, I would say probably a good idea that they stopped because they currently have over 18,000 outlets out <laughs> of kind of worldwide. So that would be too many dots. They have an entire domino rally set up <laughs> just to... <laughs> Um, so the US company that devised its logo uh, with the idea that they would keep updating it and very quickly had to change their mind was Domino's because it turns out you can only have 12 dots on a domino. Back to me for the next question. Good luck, folks. A small girl asked her father to take her to the Arrow Park. After trying all the local playgrounds unsuccessfully, he finally understood that she wanted to go somewhere quite different. Where was that? Give you that one more time. A small girl asked her father to take her to the Arrow Park. After trying all the local playgrounds unsuccessfully, he finally understood that she wanted to go somewhere quite different. Where was oh, that? The only thing I can think of right now is street signs. Just like arrows on a big sign. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, to me, it's either two things. It's one, that there is a sign or something visual which is an arrow, or it is something that sounds like Arrow Park. Like she'd heard yes. someone say something that sounded like Arrow Park and then was like, the Arrow Park. Yes. But I, I don't a- know which it would be. Like a park where you can see planes landing, like the Arrow Park or something mm. like that. Mm. Like air instead of arrow. Why do you say mm-hmm. planes landing? It was from what Rowan said, that it was kind of just a like kitty jumble. Like she had heard someone say, Aero Park and Mazzaro mm. Park. I see. I have a two-year-old right now who's just starting to, to learn to talk, and it's been so fun to hear, <laughs> you know, what, what he names different things in his environment and stuff like that. So that's a, I think that's a perfect guess, or at least on the right track. You are very much on the right track to the point where I think I'm actually just going to give you that one, Vanessa. That was, <laughs> that was close enough. Uh, the arrow arrow thing it turns out is actually just a coincidence you you spotted that um the kid just thought that the airplanes looked like arrows so she wanted to see where the arrows landed the arrow (laughs) park was actually the airport wow that's adorable but you know what that was absolutely right um we'll we'll just roll with that congratulations (laughs) easy that's amazing there's also a couple places in um in the US, mostly the Western US. I can't, they're called air parks, which is a fly-in community. Like the houses, oh, the yeah. houses all have garages for your plane. And wow. the roads are all wide enough to take like a Cessna down them. 
And it is like the the epitome of like Western US. We've got all the space. We've got all the gas. We're going to build stuff to to fit that. Yeah, notoriously, um, there's a story my dad loves to tell, which is that a friend of his, they, um, when the kid was little, a load of, uh, of his friends had gone to Disney World. Their parents were like, he's just, he's too young. Like he won't remember this. We, we maybe we'll take him, but when he's a bit older. And so they took him to the woods and told him it was stick world. And for like <laughs> years, they would take him to stick world. And that kid was obsessed. He would tell everyone, he'd be like, guys, whatever. I went to stick world with my family. We go every weekend. Yeah. Um, wonderful bit of lateral thinking there, Vanessa. Uh, it wasn't an arrow arrow thing. We hadn't even noticed that. It was just that the planes looked a bit like arrows and the kid wanted to go watch the planes. And it was the arrow park, which was the airport, which is really not a safe place to play. <laughs> Our next question comes from Grady. This one's over to you. So uh, good luck, everyone. All righty. So you sit back in your chair You sip your drink and you think, I'm having a great time here in Vegas. But then you start to worry. Some people seem to be getting very lucky in your craps game. How would you quickly and easily tell whether the dice being used were loaded? We'll give you that one more time. You sit back in your chair, sip your drink, and think, I'm having a great time here in Vegas. But then you start to worry. Some people seem to be getting very lucky in your craps game. How could you quickly and easily tell whether the dice being used were loaded? Huh. I have an idea of how you could tell, but I think, I I don't know if it's right, but it could be close. So I'm just going to hang back for a second. All right. I mean, it could be, it was quickly and easily. Right, so you can't like roll them a hundred times. That whoever's whoever's got the crooked dice is is not going to let you roll them a hundred times to see if if that works. Do we need to know the rules of craps here, Grady? I don't think so. Just that just that dice are the main okay. element of the game. So craps works by you have a big. It, it's the one you see in movies where you've got that kind of big open table with the wall small wall around it and you roll the dice off the backboard and they kind of bounce around and you roll a either seven or snake eyes or something like that and, and either the crowd cheers or boos you've got one person whose job it is for that round of the game to roll the dice and score for, for everyone around the table you are they a dealer are they employed by the no, casino the, the dice rolling person is a civilian oh. on, on most casinos they they hand the dice over it really introduces more room for error, doesn't it? Yeah, but you've got you've got to throw them well. You've got cheating. you've got to bounce them off the backboard. You've got to actually send them all the way down. You can't <laughs> you, you can't. This is, this isn't just a maths thing, Grady. You can't just like total up how many times and, and do it. It's it's no. quickly and easily. What would a casino give you that could happen? I mean, a lot of drinks. Um, if you're gambling, they just what. <laughs> Put them in your drink. That's my idea. <laughs> I mean, someone's sipping a drink, right? So there's like a lot of liquid left in that glass. Wait, so if you put if you put the dice float. in, yes, but they'll float freely. And if they won't, they're not weighted, but if they have a weight in them, wouldn't they sink to the bottom of the drink? Or they'll always turn up the same numbers. Grady's nodding. Yep. Vanessa's right. You got it. I thought that question <laughs> nice. was. I thought that question was um, was phrased very strangely. <laughs> yeah, yeah made sure to mention you have a drink. On your drink. <laughs> <And then. laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah and if you're in Vegas uh, and you are gambling, there are just people walking around just taking drinks orders and just giving you free drinks because <laughs> it is way cheaper for them to give out a bit of you know well vodka and some mixers and have people spend more money than it is to to make people go to the bar away from gambling. So yeah, like that's mm. that's a lovely question. <laughs> I did a little research and it turns out that not all dice float and so a lot of people, as a quick check, they use like very salty water to make that's more dense. So to make sure that the dice will float, and if they're loaded, they'll turn to to face a certain direction each time. Ooh. So, so why uh, would you put the weight? Like, say you wanted the number six to always come up at the top. Where would you put the weight in the cube? Presumably on the one, because all mm. the sides of a dice, like opposite opposing yeah. sides of a dice, always add up to seven. So I'm guessing mm. right. you want the six to come up, so you roll. The dice and, yeah, you put the weight in the one, I guess. Underneath the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, that would make the most sense to me, but. And I think it has to be reasonably uh, noticeable just because there's a lot of, da- just from my D&D knowledge, um, there's a lot of uh, dice that have inserts in them um, and up, up until a certain amount. So like someone, when they're making the dice and pouring in the resin or whatever, will add in like glitter or they'll add in little flowers or plastic things. Um but the idea is you'd have to put so much in there for it to actually make a difference to the rolls. So those are still dice you're allowed to play with. Like that isn't really a problem. So I think it would be so significant that it would be, like you said, like noticeable in the drink that it was kind of waiting to one side or it was kind of bobbing down. I know there are teams of people who've gone into casinos and like logged every number that's come up on a roulette wheel to see if there's any bias there. Because the house edge isn't just narrow enough that you've got enough of a biased wheel. You can just about eke out a profit on something like that. Um, I mean, I also know someone who went into Vegas card counting. If um, de- yeah. have, you, have you ever seen Stephen? Was that profitable for them? Yeah, you know Stephen Bridges? Is anyone here? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. He uh, is a magician and uh, joined a card counting team, learned to card count, took a load of casinos with, a, with the, some anonymous person bankrolling them and, and did end up making a profit and also wow. got banned from every casino in Vegas. <laughs> he, he took a hidden camera in for some of it. It's, it's lovely because he, he's got footage of bouncers kicking him out. And so he said, why? We, we, just, we just think you're very good at this game and we, we don't want your business anymore. Like, oh, okay, right, mm. fine. I need it to be known that Tom uh, claims to be my friend and yet... Uh, we did play, did did take me in to play a game of what was essentially a bluff game with with Stephen and also <laughs> someone who like professionally played poker. And I was like, I feel like I'm at a distinct disadvantage here, Tom. Yeah, uh, and you won. Yeah, I did. I, did. I played the, the chaotic way of doing it where I simply didn't look at my own cards. And yeah. so n- they, no one they knew couldn't what my, read you. my strategy you were, was. You were unreadable because you weren't, you were just playing randomly. It was a great strategy. <laughs> So Vanessa was right. One way to very quickly and easily check if dice are loaded is to float them in a drink or in some liquid and see if one side always turns and faces upwards. Back to me for this question. Good luck, folks. To avoid confusion, which niche industry uses days that start at six o'clock in the morning and end at 59 minutes past 29? I'll say that again, uh, and this time I'll say it uh, in the American style. To avoid confusion, which niche industry uses days that start at six o'clock in the morning and end at 59 minutes past 29? Niche? Niche? I Honestly, I don't know how... I, I've always said niche. I think a lot of people say niche. I say niche, but I get called out on it. Um, 
Okay, so this is this maybe something to do with space? I was thinking about Mars. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Is it is it a rover that needs to start and finish work at a certain time, and then just kind of accounting for the time difference between Earth and Mars? But that is that would constantly be shifting since the days are different lengths. So it wouldn't be always this time to this time. I think because I've, what was I've the heard time about the again, people. Tom. Uh, Six a.m. to fifty-nine minutes past twenty-nine. Fifty. What is fifty-nine minutes past twenty-nine? It's it's five fifty nine a.m. But that's just before thirty. Um, I say as if that's going to be like yeah, it's just before thirty. <laughs> that does guys. Sound, sound, yeah, maybe it's, it's like the other one. Yeah, it's safe to rephrase this question as the day runs from six o'clock to thirty o'clock. Oh, oh, okay. Instead, of, I, I'm on the same page now. <laughs> Six o'clock to thirty o'clock. So I'm I'm one. I'm trying to think of some industry where like the one through five would be used in the time code in some way that that might mess that might be confusing. There's also the I guess it's like if you think about it being like it, it's essentially a twenty four hour. It's what we typically think of as a day on this planet. Um, but if it's thirty, then that's another six hours that would. Then go back to six. Am I confusing myself? Maybe that there's so it's twenty four hours, but it starts at six. Yeah, the clock at the clock at twenty nine fifty nine ticks over to six. Yeah, absolutely right. So I guess, Grady, that does make sense in terms of like why can you not use the one to five element yeah. of it? Yeah. So Tom, this is the whole industry, you say? Yeah, absolutely, and it's an industry you will all know. It is. It is a, a niche, a, a niche industry, but it's it's one it's one you do all know. Interesting. Okay. I think this is this is very this is an industry that pretty much everyone on the planet will will interact with in in one way or another. I wonder if it's something to do with like an overlap. I mean, like maybe whatever they work on overlaps with days, and so those first six hours of each day are also relevant to the previous day in some way. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's I'm seeing some nods. Nods oh, from Tom's Tom. nodding. <laughs> I was going to try and, you know, quietly clue you in so it didn't it didn't turn out on the podcast. I was I was guiding that. But yeah, yeah, you know, I'll just say it out loud. We'll just yes, call you out on Absolutely it. right. That that's the reasoning behind it. Oh, okay. Where, oh, okay, wow. when when we say six, but we're saying it's a whole industry, and then you've said like everyone in the world, like is this anything to do with time zones? Is there some time zone issue here or is that up the wrong tree? Uh, no, each each time zone would have its own version of this clock if that makes sense. Okay. Got it. Grady, can you think of a single industry that kind of fits your reasoning? <laughs> I cannot. I can't think of anything where so, maybe something overlapping would happen those first but, six But hours. your reasoning is right. They're, they're overlapping okay. because uh, you're, you're wanting to distinguish between like the boundary of two days, and this industry draws that boundary at 6 a.m. So is there something that, like where something very specific happens at 6 a.m. I'm trying to think of like, like the local news where like there's a shift change in the something like that. Maybe weather, maybe the weather, weather or weather staff, people who staff weather stations do a shift change at 6 a.m. or something like that. Is there a process involved, Tom? Like, is this an industry that makes something and it takes like 72 hours to produce 
said thing? Um, not particularly. I, I'd say you. I'd say you're going cold there. I, I think it'd be just to talk you through what this day would be like. It would be Monday at eleven p.m. and after that comes Monday at midnight and Monday at one a.m. two okay. two a.m. three a.m. four a.m. Monday at five a.m. and then Tuesday at six a.m. So the clock resets to the next day at six a.m. instead of midnight. Okay, so it's something to do with with the weekday. Something that has a strong tie to like which weekday it is. Yes, absolutely right. And it's to do with with, uh, human habits here. I mean, I could think of like a lot of things. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, people wake up around that time. So it's like anything that's starting new. You were close with local news grading. Okay. Wow. See, I'm not a morning person, so it's just really hard for me to think about what would happen at 6 a.m. every morning. The sunrise? That also kind of helps there. If you're not a morning person, what, what are you instead? An evening Some person. kind of night owl-related industry. But, yes, you, you, I think between you, you've, you've figured out that this is, you know, this is a thing about the day changing at 6 a.m. So for a lot of people, why might you include midnight to 6 a.m. as part of the previous day? Some kind of like radio broadcasting, like if you're on the morning breakfast radio show and it start like that broadcast starts at 6 a.m., that's the start of the new day. You, you are so close, so incredibly close. Wow. Is it TV? Yes. Absolutely it right. used to, I, f- I feel like back in the ter- terrestrial channels, TV wouldn't actually broadcast. Like we're used to 24 hour channels, but I feel like there would just be no- like there were channels where there either was nothing going on and it would start at six or it would be like just kind of filler stuff until until six. You're really close, but we're talking about 24 hour channels here. So, oh. yes, you, you're absolutely right. TV listings, TV ratings, TV advertising sales all count the day from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. Why might that be? Okay. Just because that's the same period of, of wake time? is. Yeah. Mm, if, they count that, yeah, as one day. If you're watching TV at 2 a.m., you're not thinking that tomorrow morning is already here. Mm, so for all the late night shows and everything like that, for listings for advertising, they start at 6 a.m., they go through to 30 o'clock because that way it works in the computer system without the computer getting confused about the days and which Mm. one it should assign it to how interesting is that yeah i mean it makes sense if you think of like the late 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 show with james Corden or whatever it's called i I try not to think of it to be honest (laughs) (laughs) sorry unnecessary james Corden insult there (laughs) (laughs) or necessary james Corden insult depending on who you're talking to exactly it took us a really long and kind of slow time to get there. Yeah, we went all the way around the houses. Yeah, we sort of danced around that one for a little while. But yes, the TV listings and advertising industry runs in many countries on a clock from 6am to 30 o'clock because that way the day changes at 6am. Our last big question of the day then. I've still got the one from the audience to solve at the end, but our last big question of the day comes from Vanessa. What have you got for us? 
Okay, so from 1789 to 2015, a certain group of French people were forbidden from going on holiday without giving notice to the local authority first and putting up a public notice. What did they do for a living? I've got to sit back on this one. Uh, so I'm going to do the <laughs> oh, thing no, where, where, I, where I write down my answer. Uh, because I <laughs> nearly did a video on this and couldn't get this story to quite work, so I'm going to really? just I'm going to sit back. Uh, it it I just couldn't quite get the script to work, couldn't get the, the right people to interview. Uh, but I know the answer to this, so I will sit back. Gradient Rowan, this one's on you. Oh my goodness! Oh no, we're one down. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a public notice. So I've, I'm I'm starting to think about people who are kind of essential workers like maybe they're in healthcare or some some related field mm. that it was was it 2015 you said was it when this ended yeah from 1789 to 2015 so what happened in 2015 mm, what did happen in 2015 an excellent question <laughs> in france is is yeah because i feel like there's a lot of specifics here so like specifically france specifically until 2015 and specifically, it's like they're going on a holiday, like they're assuming it's something to do with your job would make sense in mm-hmm. terms of they're leaving. They're not going to be available. It, they had to put they had to make a public notice and also notify a certain authority within France. Is that? Yeah, they had to give notice to the local authority first and put up a public notice. You know, we, we treat police and ambulance and fire services as kind of separate institutions now but i i wonder if back in the 1700s if if that was organized a little differently in a way that persisted you know into modern day in france somehow or if it when we okay when we say local mm-hmm. how low like when you say group did you say how many people were in this group i am not sure how many people are in this group but i i imagine it would be a lot like it's a profession you know it's, it's only a few in each town though okay because I was, I was like, oh, okay, wait, are we talking about like it's a very specific town and it's a very specific group of people, or is it like a there's they kind of are everywhere, but it's like the profession's the issue. Yeah, so it's a profession, but this was specifically to do with Paris mimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the mimes. People um, can't live without their mimes. They just love the mimes. Um. Oh. Specifically to do with Paris. So I would, I'm going to give you a hint that isn't in my list of hints, um, but I would focus less on the dates, on the years, and more on the profession and something that the people of Paris need. Baguettes. Um, Eiffel Tower tour guides. Um, uh, Some other guides. Bakers, maybe? Wait, I mean, wait, 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 really wait, hot. is it, is it, is it, is it bell ringers? <laughs> oh, no, man. you've already said is it. it. Oh, God the bell ringers. <laughs> Sorry, it's because I was like, wait, when did Notre Dame start burning? Um, Tom's got it. I put bakers it. down right at the start. It's, it's, it's the an essential making, profession. It's the people making the baguettes. 
You're absolutely wow. right, Rowan. Oh, I was fully joking. Okay, excellent. Yeah, no, I was fully <laughs> serious. That was you not were fully a joke. serious, and you were correct. Bakers yeah. provide oh a service to the people of Paris, and they need them on the regular basis. So basically, laws were put in place after the French Revolution that forbid the owners of bread shops from going on holidays without notifying the local authorities first, and then they also had to put up notices of their holiday in the window and give the name of the nearest rival bread shop so that customers could go there. <laughs> Amazing. People need uh, a place to buy their daily bread. Or That's they did important. until 2015, That's at which point supermarkets were, uh, were well enough established. That, uh... Yes, the, the law was scrapped in 2015 as part of a crackdown on red tape. <laughs> Too much Dang. red tape across Paris in general. I wonder, did they continue to adhere to the rules like well into the 20th and 21st century? I mean, there was a fine of between 11 and 33 euros specifically if they failed to comply. So possibly. How interesting. So French bakers, specifically in Paris, uh, couldn't go on holiday without notifying the local authorities first. They had to put up notices in their window or they could face a fine. But this was all scrapped in 2015. Which just leaves us with the question I asked the audience at the start. What sort of person would be interested in buying 1.91 US dollars? Which it turns out is really difficult to... Like, I nearly said $1.91, but it doesn't... It doesn't it's, it's 1.91 US dollars I've got here. Um, before I give the answer, any suggestions from the panel? I've got to be honest. Any suggestions from Grady, who is going to be the one <laughs> most familiar with US currency here? 1.91... I mean, unless it's an exchange rate for something else, I can't think of anything with that with that specific price or cost. Well, they're trying to buy the currency. I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. (laughs) Uh, The answer I've got here is uh, a coin collector. Yeah. So Uh... yeah, a a complete collection of US coins is one cent, five cent, ten cent, twenty five cent, and then there are half dollar and dollar coins. So there is a bit of obscure knowledge. Known for this one. Yeah, unless you're on the New York metro system, in which case it will give you change in dollar coins and no one else will understand what they are. That is our show for today. Thank you very much to all the guests. Congratulations on on getting through those questions. Grady, tell us what's going on in your life. Where can people find you? Uh, Yeah, I'm working on videos for practical engineering and uh, my new book, Engineering in Plain Sight, comes out on November 1st. And Vanessa... People can find me on YouTube. It's Braincraft, uh, making a lot of videos about sleep and habits and psychology. And Rowan. Yeah, I'm Rowan Ellis on YouTube. If you search that, uh, you will find a lot of video essays about queer history and pop culture. And if you want to know more about this show or you want to send in an idea for a question, you can do that at lateralcast.com. We're lateralcast uh, basically everywhere. And you can catch video highlights at youtube.com slash lateralcast. Thank you very much to Grady Hillhouse. Thanks, Tom. (laughs) Thank you to Vanessa Hill. Very welcome. Thanks, Tom. And Rowan Ellis. Thanks for having me. I'm Tom Scott, and this has been Lateral.